and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. I'm your host, Kitty Waters, serial entrepreneur and co-creator of the Network for Transformational Leaders. Each week, I interview top thought leaders that are changing the world. They share their life stories on tips on how you can find your purpose. We all have a gift we can bring to the world. Do you feel dead to life, like there's more to it, but you don't know where to start? Perhaps you don't fit in and you can't understand why. Are you pushing all the time and getting nowhere? Do you long to finally be sure which is the right path for you? This podcast is sponsored by my Do Your Dharma course. This eight-week online course, self-study, shows you how to find your purpose. The course demystifies the subject of Dharma and shows you that by following your highest excitement, you can unlock your greatest potential and create the life of your dreams. Go to www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your Dharma. Without further ado, let's dive into the next episode. Today, I was lucky enough to interview the beautiful Emily Williams. She's a success coach, entrepreneur, and author with a seven-figured business. And at one point, she openly admits to the fact she couldn't get a job in Starbucks. She experienced a quarter-life crisis when she moved from Ohio to London, where she knew nobody. She launched her business, I Heart My Life, in 2014 and made $442 in her first month. She went on to hit six figures in six months and grew the business to seven figures in under 18 months. She's been featured in Money Entrepreneur, Business Insider, Forbes and Success Magazine. What you'll hear and what you'll learn is this, in this interview is that Emily is really well connected to her intuition and she really follows her gut and she really listens to her inner voice and inner guidance and consequently has managed to create the most amazing life. Now, this is available for everybody. So hopefully by listening to Emily's story and Emily's journey, you will see yourself and start trusting your intuition more. So without further ado, let's dive in. So good morning and welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I have with me the beautiful Emily Williams. Welcome. Thank you, Kitty. I'm excited to be here. And for those listening, you know that every week I interview global thought leaders who share their stories so you can create the most amazing lives. And the reason I wanted to get Emily on the show is not only is she a seven figure success coach, which is just phenomenal in itself, um, but the thing that I really love about Emily, and we've just talked about it now, is she very much follows her intuition. And she'll share with you her story, how she moved from Ohio to London on a whim, really. Um, but Emily, welcome to Kitty Talks. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I'm so thrilled to be here. I'm excited to dive into a lot of our favorite mutual topics. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, I've already got kind of goosebumps, which is such a <laughs> good sign. Great sign. Yeah. yeah. Um, would you mind sharing with our listeners, Emily, you know, who you are and what you do in the world at the moment? Maybe people who haven't um, heard of you. 
Definitely. So I run a company called I Heart My Life, and I work with amazing female entrepreneurs who are super driven. They want to change the world, and they also want to create a life that's better than their dreams. So that means being able to travel and have the freedom and also be able to create a lot of wealth for themselves and their family. And so I work with my husband in the business and we run some amazing online programs together around mindset and business strategy and just really creating that dream life. Fantastic. And you are an amazing example of someone who is doing that. You know, I, uh, I obviously I met James first um, and you guys are just doing some phenomenal things. Like I know different conferences, traveling a lot, you know, I see you skiing, I see you doing so many wonderful things. And obviously you're serving so many people with your business. Yeah, I think it's that combination, you know, of course, we all want to create a life that we love, but we also want to impact the world. And I think that's where we find the most fulfillment is when we see our clients, you know, doing amazing things and transforming their life and going on to have their own clients and leaving their nine to five jobs. It's it's really rewarding. Mm, And I love that mindset. We're of totally the same mindset, you know, abundance. There is so much out there for everybody. um, And you hit the nail on the head. I think when we use our gifts and talents to serve others that's when we really you know come alive but um can you take us back because obviously you do have a very famous story about how you got into this because I know at one stage you you quite proudly say that you couldn't get a job at Starbucks (laughs) yes so I feel like everyone has their I heart my life story and we don't need to go back you know to the to the very beginning but for me my story really starts on this drive from Ohio to Chicago And I had just graduated um, uh, undergraduate school in college and got my psychology degree and graduated at the top of my class. And I thought I was going to go and get a master's in counseling psychology. And so I was literally driving to Chicago to go to this grad school and find an apartment in the city. And I got this feeling in the pit of my stomach, like it wasn't the right decision for me. And my mom was driving the car and she looked over at me and saw these tears coming down Mm. and I was trying to hide them (laughs) under my sunglasses, but you know, mother's intuition, she knew something was wrong. And so I basically just said, I don't think this is the right path for me. And so she took a deep breath and we turned the car around and went back to Ohio. And this was after I made my parents travel to 12 different grad schools (laughs) all around the U.S. to see which one was right for me because I had to feel into it. And so, you know, this kind of U-turn metaphorically and and literally sent me into a quarter life crisis because I no longer knew what I was meant to do. I didn't have like this clarity that I thought I was, that I hadn't had previously. And so I moved back in with my parents and it was then that I tried to get a job at Starbucks, but I didn't know what else to do. I loved my pumpkin spice latte, so (laughs) thought that would fit, but they turned me down twice. Oh no. Yeah, finally, I got a job on the third try. And I remember, I haven't really shared this publicly much, but I remember the morning my dad came through the drive-thru to see me. And I was the one who opened up the store at 5am. And he didn't even like coffee. He just came through to see me. I just remember this feeling in the pit of my stomach again, like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Mm. Like, what am I doing? I thought Mm. I was going to make my parents proud. And clearly, this is, you know, he was lovely, but it's not what he envisioned for his daughter. And would you say kind of, cause you kind of said you at that point suddenly didn't know what you were supposed to be doing. Like, would you say before that you'd kind of fo- followed the kind of atypical, you know, we all get given it, you know, go to school, get a good education, go and get a good college degree. And then like, was you were kind of following the traditional path previously? 
Well, it's funny because I grew up with entrepreneurs all around me. My dad was an entrepreneur, both my grandpas. And so I always knew I'd have my own business, but there was a point where I started to follow more of the um, typical route, like you're talking about and playing it a little bit safe. Now, looking back, I know my psychology education obviously plays a part in what I do now. So Mm. it wasn't that far off, Mm. but for some reason I I lost touch with that dream of owning my own business. And Mm. I think at 18, it's hard to know how to actually do that. And so you do fall into the path of let's just go and get a degree and play it safe and then see what happens. Um, and so I think that that's, that's pretty typical, but I definitely didn't want to have a typical life. I've always wanted something extraordinary. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think a, a lot of people, like I, I had the same thing when I was sort of younger, I was always, always knew I was here to do big things, but <clears throat> I didn't quite know what those big things were. So, yeah. so take us kind of to the next stage of the story. So you yeah. obviously Starbucks, you knew that that wasn't what you were supposed to be doing. How did you end up moving to London? So at that point, I realized, you know what, my heart totally got me into this mess. So I'm going to (laughs) see if I can figure out what it's trying to tell me. And so I just got really quiet, like, like literally got quiet and tried to understand what it was that I did know, because there were so many things I was confused about, but I, I, I thought I should probably know, I know something. And the thing I kept hearing was like literally London, 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 that just kept playing over and over in my mind. And I had visited the city a few years before when my friend was living here. And I stepped out of Victoria Station and just fell in love with it and felt like I was meant to live here. And so it really just comes back to the feeling of, of knowing I was being called to live in London. I didn't know anyone there. My friend didn't live there anymore, had no contacts. So I applied for a master's in nonfiction writing. That was the other thing I kind of knew. I'd always wanted to write a book. And so I got a student visa. I moved in 2010. Again, like I said, I didn't know anyone, didn't have any money and just, you know, I lived in a hostel for a week before I could find an apartment and then found this tiny little studio flat the size of a closet, you know, moved all my suitcases. I didn't have money for a taxi. So I carried all of my four ginormous suitcases across town back and forth and up all these flights of stairs. And it was just like, I was happy to be here, but you know, I was still so confused. Talk about baptism of fire. Yes. <laughs> you know, threw yourself into London. But what I love about what you said was that you got quiet and you got still and that enabled you to actually hear that inner voice. And that's something that we, we really talk to about with our listeners is kind of creating that space so you can get clear, especially when you've got a lot going on. And I think people, they hear it, they hear their intuition, they hear those whispers, yet they brush them aside or they think, you know, I'm just a girl from Ohio. I couldn't possibly move to another country because no one in my family has ever really left Ohio, if I'm being honest. So oh, I was really? the weird one. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, most people do just like push that aside and, and think like it's just crazy talk <laughs> um, in their mind. But yeah, you have to really listen and then take action on behalf of what you're being called to do. Mm, I think the other thing you said, which I really loved was you, um, you listen to your heart. And I think well, something we, we could probably re-educate people in is getting them to think with their hearts, you know, Definitely. shifting it from the, the kind of up here to actually, okay, what do I really want to do with my life? 
Yeah, I believe that all of our desires are dropped in. And there's plenty of things I don't want to do that I'm not being called to do. And I'm fine with that. But then for some reason, especially as women, we deny what we're being called to do and what we actually want. But if you think about your desires as being dropped in, that means they're literally meant for you and they're possible. Um, mm. So I think that's something that that's a whole, you know, we could do a whole episode on, on that alone. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a big one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you obviously came to London, baptism of fire, didn't really know anybody, lived in a hostel. How did it evolve? Like, uh, and I believe, and you're, you're kind of showing me this, is that it's one step at a time. Like, you know, we are our road, our path is not, you don't, it's not linear. You don't, you don't, don't kind of get a vision of exactly where you're going. You kind of have to follow the breadcrumbs almost. Oh yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happened. Um, I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know anyone in the city. And so I ended up becoming like this serial online dater to try and meet people. Cause I found it really difficult to make girlfriends. So I thought, well, I'm just going to try and meet the love of my life. No big deal. And <laughs> ended up serial online dating. So about a year later, I met my who, James, who's now my husband online. And, um, we had two weddings, one in London and one in Ohio. Great. And around that, yeah. And around that same time, a little bit after we got married, I discovered coaching. So my best friend just sent me Marie Forleo's website and I was, I was just in love with everything I saw because up until that point, I thought coaching was just kind of like for, for men in suits, you know, carrying a little three ring binder, going from office to office. I didn't know that it could be like Marie, like Marie TV and really fashionable and loving her life and, you know, everything that, that she's an example of. And so that for me was that second moment, my whole life changed course. The first was driving to Chicago. And then the second is when I discovered coaching. And so I started to realize that I could really help other women who had been experiencing, who were experiencing what I experienced in terms of the quarter life crisis and being confused. And I remember when I first moved to London, you know, there were days where I would just literally cry because I had no clue what I was doing. But I started to realize that if I focused on what was positive and what I did want, then things would transform. And so I knew a little bit about how to get myself out of that quarter life crisis. So I figured I could help other women do the same. Fantastic. And you said uh, it was, was it like a light bulb going on in your head? It was just like, oh my God, that's, that's what I need to do. You know, coaching is, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I came up with the idea for I Heart My Life because I wanted to help other women love themselves Uh... and their life. And that was September, 2013. And, and really, you know, everything has taken off since then. Yeah. Fantastic. And I think, you know, for people listening, um, it is the breadcrumbs that your passions, the thing you're passionate about will lead you to kind of the right path, you know, and it is to have the courage to go towards those. And then the next kind of step of the process will be revealed essentially. Yeah. And I think with Marie, I was, I've shared this. She's actually seen that I've shared this. I was really jealous of her. And I think a lot of people, they think jealousy is a bad thing, but you can use that to help you get clarity. Like Mm. if you see someone traveling the world and you're feeling really jealous, or you see someone, you know, setting up their website or speaking on stage or launching their book, you know, you can use that to give you an indication of what you want. If it evokes jealousy, then that Mm. means something and paying attention to that, that emotion can give you so much clarity. Mm, I think that's a really, really valid point because like you said, you might look at someone and go, Oh, I want their life, but actually that's where you need to, where you need to concentrate and look at and what is it about their life that you want and how can you then embed that and implement that into your life? Exactly. 
Mm. So I know you took your business from something like $427 in the first month to then a six-figure business in six months, which is incredible. Yeah, my first um, sales came in in July 2014. I made $442 and then um, scaled up to six figures in six months. And then in my first 18 months, I hit seven figures. Um, what do you kind of put that down to? Like, you know, you and I have you only actually met once, but I can feel the incredible energy that comes from you. You know, you, you strike me as a very driven, very passionate woman. Like, what do you put that down to, that rapid success? I love this question. So for me, it's multiple things and it really kind of encompasses the work that I do with my clients as well. So there's absolutely no way that I could be where I am today and have experienced those results without a lot of hard work. And I think that that's a really boring answer, but that's the reality. And I'll get to the rest of the answer in a second. But I think a lot of people get into business and they think much like I did that your website's going to be up. The floodgates are going to open. People are going to find you, you know, there aren't going to be any hardships. It's just going to be so easy. And, you know, I didn't think that it was going to be like all, um, you know, fun and games, but I didn't realize how hard I was going to have to work. And in the beginning of my business, I was working between 80 and a hundred hours a week. Wow. There were many times where, you know, I wasn't going to parties and I wasn't doing much else besides hanging out with James and building my business. And I'm sharing this because a lot of people want the success that I've had, but a lot Mm. of people aren't willing to put in the time Mm. and that's fine. Like you have to know your own path and you have to know what feels good to you and what your journey looks like and you know, how fast or whatever you take this. Um, but I share that just to like be, be real about what it took for me to do that. Mm. Yeah. And it's a really valid point. Cause I think we, we look at maybe women who are doing, you know, someone like Marie, like you said, who is doing fantastically well, but she's been doing this for a hell of a long time. And like, right. I think like you said, it takes a lot of hard work, work and effort and it's almost incremental, you know, and suddenly you'll see, start to see the results, but it doesn't come overnight. And I think this whole, overnight success thing is a complete fallacy, really. Yeah. And I mean, there was a period of time where I had 54 people say no to me in a row. Well, 53 no's and then 54, the 54th finally said yes. And so it's about persistence. And when you're really in touch with what you know you're meant for, Mm -hmm. then you can keep going. Mm. Other, you know, if you're just doing this for the money or for some external reason, you're not going to keep going. So you're not going to have that motivation. But I knew, like I knew, like I knew I was meant for something big and that I could help people. And so that really helped me continue, even when it did feel like things weren't happening. Mm, And I think that's an incredibly valid point, because when you're serving a higher purpose, you know, when you're driven by something bigger than yourself, like you said, money, success, etc., you're actually, you know, you're here to make a difference and have a positive impact on people. Then that enables you to keep going when the no's keep coming. Yes. And I really transformed my mindset. And so a lot of people also think, you know, I'm just going to step into this life of an entrepreneur, but being an entrepreneur is really a lifestyle and it's a mindset shift that you have to make. And most people take their like seven-year-old self mindset, especially around money and success and bring that into their adult life. And it doesn't work. And so for me, I had to really train myself to think in a new way. And um, that 
you know, came down to the transformational work I did with coaches and, and reading books and, and really working on myself internally. Cause I also realized as a coach, how could I help people when I myself mm. like wasn't strong enough and wasn't thinking in the right way and in the way that a successful entrepreneur would think. And so it was a lot of internal work paired with that hard work. Mm, yeah. And I think, you know, it's a life for me anyway, it's a life, I consider it to be a lifelong learning journey, oh, definitely. you know, like we don't, you don't just pick up a few books and, you know, suddenly it changes. You've got to be fully committed to a journey of like lifelong transformation, really. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And talk to me about intuition, because obviously we're really big on intuition on Kitty Talks. You know, we interview, I've interviewed 80 thought leaders now, Emily, and wow. I would, I would say the common theme, though, is when I've interviewed them is that these people are very um, they've stepped outside of what society considers to be the normal path. And they've really listened to their intuition and they've followed their gut, what I believe they followed their soul. And actually, that's why they're having such incredible results. So just would love to hear hear your kind of completely. And I I have a show and a podcast as well. And I find the same thing, you know, whenever I ask anyone what has contributed to their success, it's never like I built this funnel or, you know, I hired this person. It's really following their gut. And I see that in myself as well. And so, I mean, literally everything I've done, moving to London, starting the coaching business, continuing to move forward, even when 54 people said no to me, it's, it's all a matter of my heart, just knowing that I meant for something. And so, um, I mean, even as simple as creating the next big program or feeling called to host an event or whatever it may be, like everything for me is heart driven. And I think when you start, like you said, following those breadcrumbs and you start to follow them, even with something small, like cross the room and sit in this chair, which I literally just did. I made James cross an entire room, climb over all these people at this event. I sat down next to this girl and she turned to me and she said, are you Emily Williams? And I said, yes. And we started chatting and she ended up becoming a client, literally signed up for my group program, for my one-on-one program. And that was all based on intuition about where I should sit. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you start to follow those little nudges, you'll see how powerful your intuition actually is. And it'll give you even more confidence to make big leaps and decisions based on intuition because you've seen the power of it along the journey. Mm. And do you like, you know, for example, with myself, I, you know, initially I used to hear my intuition when I was walking the dog. Um, And then I, you know, later I've kind of developed a meditation practice and things. What type of things help you tune in? Mine's really strong now, but one of, one of the simple ways I think you can do it is by asking yourself yes or no. And so James and I even practice this with restaurants, which sounds really silly, but it's, it's a good example. Like he'll ask me, do you want Italian or Thai? And for a while I'd be like, I don't know, you pick. But then I said, you know what? No, I do know. So I do, I want Italian. Then I can hear it. Yes. Do I want Thai? No. And so when you think to yourself, do I want to do this interview? If it's an immediate yes, then awesome, do it. If it's a no, then don't mm. do it. If I, do I want to take this course? Yes. And most people, they stop themselves, even though they hear the yes, they think mm. that that's not, they can't trust it, but it's there if you literally just pay attention and you don't give your mind time to take over. You just listen to those gut reactions. Mm, absolutely it's like a muscle that you've got to train isn't it because I think like you said when so we're not taught to follow it it's something that we're taught to almost dismiss and so literally you kind of have to literally kind of I had the same thing yesterday I had a meeting and I 
kept on getting this urge I needed to the woman next to me hadn't spoken and of course she was not confident enough to speak in this meeting and when she did speak she came out with something incredible so I sort of said, turned to her and said I know you need to speak I know that sounds really weird but can you speak and she was like yes okay and she had this incredible point but I love that like you said it is uh, a constant muscle that you have to work because it's something that we have to get have confidence like I'm sure your husband loved you when you made him move across the whole of the uh, whole of yeah. the seating yeah he was carrying my big bag at the time too so <laughs> poor thing but yeah and I mean even for me it often happens in spinning class or when I'm doing some sort of movement like I mm. know when I started my I heart my life show I didn't want to do it. I didn't think I had the time to do it. And then I was in spinning class one day and it was like this, this big moment where I was just riding on the bike. There was this really amazing John Legend song that came on. And I just got this feeling like, you know what, Emily, you have to do this. And I saw Mm. a glimpse like into the future of what this would mean for the impact I want to have on the world and for the brand. And so it was like, I was being called to say yes. Mm. And for people listening, what Emily described there, you know, she was in an expansive state because she was doing something like spinning. You know, that was something that was expanding her energy, which enabled her to kind of get the right message. So if you're listening to that and you're thinking, how can I increase my intuition? You know, what I would suggest is things like exercise. It could be spinning. It could be yoga. It could be walking because we're more in an expansive state, which enables us to hear those drop in. Like Emily was talking about the things drop in that we're supposed to be doing. And those are kind of I always call them kind of messages from the divine or from our soul. I love that. And do you also find that when you're talking to people who share your belief and intuition, that also helps you hear it and like makes you more confident to follow it? Oh, absolutely. And so now, so the other thing I get, Emily, which I'm sure you've got something too, is I get this incredible, I I think because my mind is reasonably busy, I think the way I get confirmation is just energy rushing through my body. Yes. Like at the moment I've got like goosebumps, like just everywhere. Like whenever we speak, I've learned that it's the truth. It's almost like whenever I'm saying something that is the truth, it's almost like my guides or. Yeah. One of my coaches calls them God bumps. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, things, I find that the more of this work that you do, the more we trust our intuition, the more we kind of get stronger in our sense of self, the more the kind of signs come. And it's just something that you literally need to kind of work on, on on a daily basis, really. Yes. Mm. Yes. Oh, well, yeah, we've obviously both come from the same kind of school of thought. Yeah, I was even listening to one of the Marie TV episodes recently with um, the creator of Poopery, which is a $300 million company now. And she was talking about how she listened to her intuition. They were at about 4 million. And she's like, you know what, I'm being called to push this forward to move this forward, we have to do something. So they created this amazing ad, which is very famous now and ended up with like, I forget the exact amount, something like four or $8 million in back orders because they weren't prepared for the amount that would come in. And, you know, now the company has exploded, but that was literally all based on intuition. And she said that there are times now, even on their team where they will, um, you know, have a project going or be planning for something for like a year. And then they'll all realize, you know what, this doesn't feel good anymore. And they just Mm. scrap the whole thing. So I think like, I don't know that I'm at that level yet, (laughs) (laughs) but that's so inspirational to just know like what you can do just by trusting your intuition. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I, without getting too heavy about it, I really think it's our soul path, you know, that yeah. it's actually our soul communicating with us. And, you know, I truly believe that each of us have got a gift we can bring to the world. So everybody listening, you know, you have got a way of contributing to help making this planet a better place. And the way to start doing that is just, as we described, to start tuning into your intuition and following those nudges. Yes. Mm. So what is next for I Heart My Life and for you? What's kind of on the horizon with your husband? What isn't? I don't know. Yeah, how great. Know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, as an entrepreneur, James and I were like, can we ever predict anything? Like, I don't, I don't know. We thought we had the whole year mapped out and knew what was happening and things changed so quickly in a really good way, but it's, it's such a ride. Um, and so for us, I mean, I just got a book deal with Hay House. Oh, so that's congratulations. Really yeah. Yeah. So I've obviously I moved to London to write this book and, um, it was very serendipitous when I got invited to the meeting, I passed that first studio flat, um, that I lived in when I li- you know, first moved to London. And so, um, feel like I've come full circle in a bit of a way with that. So that's coming up. We're hosting our first public event um, at some point next year. I Heart My Life Live, which is going to be incredible. Um, lots of things happening with our programs, with our amazing clients. And I mean, even personally, you know, we're just um, really excited to be working together. But James has his own path and his own um, company that he wants to really develop over the next few years as well. Mm, And one of the other things that I admire about you guys is your total authenticity and your total honesty. You know, because my, my, my husband doesn't necessarily know this yet, but uh, at some stage I'd love him to come and wor- work in what we're doing. Uh, and obviously I, I know that that's going to bring interesting challenges because we both like to have the control. <laughs> yes. Um, and I know you guys have been really open and authentic about kind of the way your relationships had to evolve to kind of work together. Yeah, definitely. Last year, we spent um, about 10 months working with a relationship coach who specializes in entrepreneurial couples. And because we never planned on working together, you know, when he met me on that online site, I was working as a nanny and a VA. And, you know, he knew I wanted to own my own business at some point, but entrepreneurship was never part of his path. He didn't grow up with entrepreneurs around him. He was working in TV for 12 years. And so for us to work together, it was never part of the plan. And you just like, I didn't know how to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know how to work with my husband and like essentially be his boss, which is a really weird dynamic. Um, and so we had to get some support in that area because it definitely hasn't been easy. And I'm very much, I mean, the way he describes it, like I'm running up a mountain, he's chasing me. And then he finally gets to the top and realizes I'm on the next mountain. So, you know, I'm not always fun to work with or be married to. Um, and so we've, we've had to adjust, you know, and figure out what our natural styles are and what we really want. But the cool thing is, is we realize that we're, we're literally always in alignment with what the next step actually is and what we want. Even if we mm-hmm. haven't voiced it yet, it's, it's really interesting to see how we are on the same path regardless and like moving towards the same thing. And um, how do you like, how do you, do you build a vision for your life? Like, do you kind of say, okay, over the course of the next two, one year, I want to do this three years. I want to do this. Like I, 
I can see from you that you've got a really clear vision of what you want to happen. And, and I personally have the same for my life. And I really believe that that's how we help create it. But I'd love to know a little bit more about how you go about that. <laughs> I'd love to be able to describe this perfectly. I'm going to try, but a lot of it is intuition. So I listen to what I'm excited about, what I'm feeling called to do. And then my timeline, I always say, you know, I really like to compress my timeline. Things happen really fast for me. For a lot of people, they have like a 10 year vision and they want to, you know, host the dream events in five years or whatever it is. But I'm like, why would I wait? Like, let's just do it next year. And so I actually need someone like James to say, okay, well, let's really take a look at what it will take to make that happen. And is that in alignment with what we want to do? And is that something that feels good when you look at the whole picture? And most of the time, you know, my, my intuition is spot on, but sometimes I need to move things back, you know, maybe a year or something <laughs> just to account for a lot of the amazing things that happen organically. Like this book, I've always wanted to write it, but mm. they approached me. And so I didn't Great. think it would happen this quickly. Um, and so I think there are things that we have planned out, but then there's other stuff that happens that we definitely were not expecting. And so I personally like the combination. I want to have the vision, but I don't always know the how, and I think that's okay. And I think mm. that makes things even more exciting. Mm. And then when an opportunity comes to you, it sounds to me like you kind of feel into it to see whether it's something that works. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I definitely feel into it and see if it excites me, uh, especially with the I Heart My Life show. You know, I realized that 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 did actually excite me. And there was probably a little bit of fear that was stopping me from moving forward right away. And I've learned, I think that's really another thing that I've learned that maybe mm. you'll resonate with. I'm sure you will. Is mm. That fear isn't a bad thing. It's always going to be there. And so I've learned how to tell whether it's like a fear you know, stay away, don't do it. Mm. Or if it's just a fear, like this is a really big opportunity. And of course you're going to be scared because it's going to really stretch you, but it's still a yes. Mm. And I think that's a really valid point for people listening. Cause I, I've had people say to me, Oh, what you get nervous or you're like, when I still get nervous when I'm doing interviews and you know, that, like you said, I think we're normal human beings. It just means that we're prepared to kind of keep pushing ourselves to keep opening our sort of sphere of possibility. Definitely. I mean, even for me, when I did my first video series and even video now, it's not my natural thing. No, me neither. Really, yeah, I get really freaked out about it. I'd much rather just do an audio. I'm very much an introvert, but I know what will happen when I put my message out there and I realize it's not about me. And so I kind of like force mm. myself to do it. <laughs> mm, yeah, I would say exactly the same thing. In the end, you kind of get to the stage where you're like, right, well, just got to do it. Got no choice. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> How do you um, tend to plan out for, say, the next five years or do you plan? Um, I would say I definitely, my husband and I look at the year and then the three years. And then I, like I was just yesterday kind of building a vision for the next three years because I, I know you're, you want to have a family and that's definitely on my agenda as well. So I'm trying to plan out how that looks really and in my head and it's interesting at the moment because I feel like I'm being slowed down you know I can feel with things that are happening in my life I'm being slowed down because I think otherwise you know babies need space so uh, I've been designing the space for mm. the business and and having evergreen things right so, yeah like yourself so um, I love that mm. yeah my mom called me the other day and she's like 
I think you should freeze your eggs. <laughs> and so I know, you know, the time is, is, is of the essence, but I'm not quite there yet. And I have so much I want to do in the next few years, um, but it's definitely on our radar. Yeah. And I'm afraid I'm of the school of thought. That's a belief. Like I'm, I'm older than you. I'm 40 at the moment and I, I don't buy into that shit. Excuse my French. You know, yeah. I'm literally, I'm not buying into that. You know, I, I'm communicating with my souls of my children. You know, they're there, they're close. Uh, I've got their names, you know? So I think that's another thing I'll try and do is just um, have space when I'm walking to communicate with them and I'm calling, literally calling them in. I love that. How many do you want to have? Well, apparently two, but what, what the, the question is whether how close they're very, they're coming close together, but I don't know if they're going to come together. Oh, wow. But there is twins in our family. And part of me is like, oh, we'll just, you know, get in, yeah. into it for like, you know, get it yeah. done. <laughs> I really want twins. I love that. <laughs> yes. Well, maybe we can have twins around the same yeah. time. Then we can awesome. help each other. <laughs> That's another baptism of fire. Yes. Totally. <laughs> Oh, Emily, I really want to thank you for coming on because I know, you know, Emily's story for people listening, she's a fantastic example of what we're talking about here on Kitty Talks. You know, she's got an amazing vision for her life. She really has tuned into her soul. She's listening to her in intuition and she's just totally honest about that path. So I really want to thank you, Emily. I know we, um, we met, didn't we, before Christmas and then things were a bit of bonkers, but I really want to thank you for making time to speak to us because I know your story will really help our listeners. Oh, it's my honor. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to hear what people think and yeah. the, path, the path that they follow by listening to their intuition. Yes. And please do write in, you know, if you've got something from this interview, please share it with us. Um, I'm going to have all em Emily's details in the show notes. So you'll be able to connect with her as well. But yeah, please do share this interview and like it. And we will see you again with another th thought leader next week on Kitty Talks. Bye-bye. This podcast was sponsored by my Do Your Dharma course. Create a life so good that you pinch yourself. This eight-week online course demystifies Dharma and shows you how to tune in to why you're really here. Go to www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your Dharma.